Here we are, 12 rows back, back for another week, 22 rounds done, the penultimate round of the season. We learn plenty every week. There were results galore across the weekend, and we are set up for a grandstand finish of the year, aren't we, Seb, as I welcome you? Yeah, it's it's, it's exciting. There's there's a host of teams. We're doing a bit of ladder position jostling this week with obviously the big big game, 320 Sunday afternoon, Arch Rivals, Carlton Collingwood. Uh, it's not going to get any bigger home and away style. Um, Huge. Uh, Carlton win, they're in. Carlton lose, and they have to rely on the Dogs losing or winning by less than a kick. I think if both results are less than a kick and Carlton lose and Dogs win, they still stay in there. But, um, yeah, you want to have your fate in your own hands, don't you, Tom? Yeah, that's it. And, look, we'll get to the uh, Blues game, but they did right up until about 17 seconds left until a certain individual got his hands on it and booted it through. That would have been a much more comfortable weekend for them if they got there. But, yeah, look, I've been uh, all over the ladder predictor. Uh, unfortunately for my Saints, it's going to take a fair amount of uh, algebra, as they say, to get us in there. And when you're in that realm, you're not going to make it. So, look, it's a race in nine, but it's that top four race, I reckon, that's uh, jumping out to me. There's what probably six teams that could jostle, jostle for the the top four positions there. Well, yeah, well, three positions, really, with the Cats locked in it. Yeah, the Cats are locked. Position. They're not going anywhere. Um but yeah, obviously Melbourne and uh, the Lions play each other. Sydney, well, Sydney played the Saints. We don't know if that's a dead rubber or not, but we think it might be. Um, and who else? Would, uh, Frio, Frio have got the relatively easy task. Yeah. They have to travel over to Sydney. Yeah, which cross cross country, not not ideal. Wouldn't want to slip up there. Um, Collingwood Carlton, like uh, there's a great scenario where Collingwood play Carlton, Carlton win, and they play again in an elimination final. That'd be a big, big game. Yeah, geez, that well, I was going to say that's a big fortnight. Obviously, our favourite thing, the final pre-finals buy, is going to come and ruin a bit of momentum. We can tee into that next week, but. Look, that's that's the top of the ladder, and and there's still rumblings even from the bottom of the ladder. Said by uh, a a pretty well known former coach is now the subject of a you know a rivalry that that continues to bubble between your boys and and the boys with the sash in red. Uh, it's Bombers v Kangas for Clarko's uh, services. I might as well just jump into that off the top. Uh, what are your thoughts on that this week? Our thoughts or emotions or. All emotions, obviously, you want Clarko, but the fact that the Bombers have basically, I mean, Rutten can't go on, can he, given what's what's going on this week? So it, you'd say they've almost, yeah, thrown thrown all the toys out and, and they're going full hammer and tong and it's uh, more rivalry between you and, and the Bombers, which goes a long way back, this, uh, this jostling between your two teams. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, it's... There's been a rivalry there, even if people don't really want to admit it's there. But um, one thing that fascinates me about all of that is first Rutten was sacked and then he wasn't sacked and then they were doing a review and they actually had this meeting, the board had this meeting on Sunday morning. So before the like nonchalant performance against the, the power, um They'd already decided to sort of start going in this direction, but now they're not sacking Rutten. Do you remember when Alistair Clarkson was interviewed, probably back in May, um, 
And they talked to him, they were trying to talk to him about the Gold Coast Suns job. And he said, Look, I'm not actually going to interview and talk about jobs where they have a coach. Yeah. Well, he can't. Either that wasn't true, and that's that might be the case, or he might have been referencing he isn't going to talk. His manager still might talk with the club. Because as oh. I understand it, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors here in that he. Clarkson did talk to them, and he didn't talk to them. And Tim Watson says, no, he hasn't. But it would be, what's the word? It would be incompetent if the Bombers' management hadn't sounded out Clarkson's manager. So who do you believe in this scenario? I don't know. Um, Are there lots of leaks coming out of Essendon right now? Is that a bad sign for the club from Clarko's point of view? Um, well, the, the, there's president going, so the, there's a scalp already, and I don't know whether that's just to, you know, where they sort of do a token sacking just to sort of show that they're doing something. But I mean, I'm with you. I got, I was getting messages rut and gone, and then he's there, and now he's going to coach this last game. But I don't know what what's going to happen with the players or what what's going to happen from there. Clark obviously he doesn't want to leave Melbourne because I did hear he's turned the Giants job down so they won't get him. Well, um, you wouldn't really want to head up there, would you? Drag I, the family I, I up think there that and... of the three jobs, that'd be the least appealing, wouldn't it? List-wise, it has appeal. It's got salary cap issues, though. Yeah. Well... You're going to have to come in and get them out. You're not going to be able to bring them in. Um, as If you look at the like North Melbourne should have space somewhere. We can't be paying anyone. Yeah, well, that's true. Essendon have got Hurley on a big deal that's coming off. Heppel's on a big deal. They're trying to renegotiate, but that'll be at less, um, I assume, less money. Um, I think they might have a little bit more to play with. Um, but first, um, just side note, it looks like the first man I went for, Kenny Hinckley, he's going to keep his job. According yeah, to I was, was going to um, say, finally so out of that game. that We might get Kenny to that. Survives. Um, but from a from Clarko's point of view, how long was he at Hawthorne? What, 16 years? Five to what, last year? Yeah, 16. Could he really go across to the arch enemy as, as a coach? I reckon it's different as a player. But as a coach, you've got to ingrain yourself in the culture and the club and get around everything, and then just to go over and do it at Essendon. I maybe you can. That's just something I wonder. Um, Shane well, Crawford did a very funny video for for the TAB that was uh, doing a few numbers on Twitter. But um, but Clark has got a decision to make. I can tell you the one thing I love, and um, I'll be disappointed if he doesn't come. It's another big name that we've tried to land that hasn't come. But if he doesn't want to come, he doesn't want to come. We can't worry about that. We're going to go and get the next man up. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I love the fact that we've stood strong and said we need an answer by Wednesday. We've given you our best offer. That offer's still there. If it's not there by Wednesday, we're, like, we'll keep looking. Um, and can I tell you, if Clarkson doesn't come and he goes to Essendon, I'd be going, Ross Lyon, we want you. And we're going to take Blake Carousella, who's at Essendon now. You got to remember, he was at Geelong. No, he he's seen, Richmond. Seen a lot of success, Blake. Um, obviously played for Essendon and Collingwood in those grand finals. Um, Clarkson's going to bring his own team, so he's going to be available. Just swing him over here with uh, with Rossi Lyon, um, because I don't know if Clarkson, I don't know if any of these coaches are going to deliver a premiership. I don't know if Clarkson is. My club needs stability. 
need someone to set a culture, set some standards, give some leadership, and there's more than just Clarkson who can do it, although Clarkson, in my opinion, still would be the best, and I hope we get him. So where, where are you at with him? Because, you know, you, you're sort of talking second options here. Do you think it's a done deal to Essendon? Like, if, you know, on Monday before all this came out, you were 90-10, he's coming to the ruse, what is it now? Um, 80-20, he's, he's coming to the ruse. So so it's more that it, it's not a line ball. It's well, sort of sounding like it's a line ball or that Essendon sort of jumped you in a way. Uh, well, it's very hard to comment. Like the emotion comes out of me. I look at both yeah. jobs and I would not want to go near Essendon with a 10-foot pole. Because? So, well, I, I don't well, I mean, see... We, yeah, we... Obviously, you've got family ties and, and bombers within the fam. There's there's that side too. And then obviously, you know, as a, as a Kangaroos fan, we mentioned the rivalry before. It goes all the way back to when they didn't want you to enter the comp uh, because they thought you'd pinch all the players in their zone. So, yeah, and let alone the 90s. So there's a fair bit there. Just look at Essendon, right? They, they did an internal review this year. Is that two years after their last internal review? Yeah, yeah. I think it's about two years, and now they've got this new guy coming in who wants to do an external review, and that's sort of one of the, as I understand it, one of the big reasons he's got the gig is that he's pushed for the external review. The person who doesn't get mentioned anywhere near enough is Kevin Sheedy, who is pulling all the strings. So he shifted his support from uh, who's the outgoing. Uh, oh, well, name escapes, but, it, it, but uh, name escapes me at the Brasher, moment. But... Is Brasher the outgoing or the incoming? Uh, yeah, you, you, I might have to go out Google that one, but yeah. That's all right. Shows level of expertise here on Essendon boards. Yeah. Um, but as I understand it, Sheedy shifted his support. So we're now doing the external review. But if we do it quick enough, we can get in the Clarko race. So Clarko's going to come in. So we're not actually going to do this external review. We're just going to have Clarko come in and do it all for us. Do they know what they're doing? They're just making a Hail Mary at Clarko. And if that doesn't happen, they're now starting an external review on the eve of round 23. How long does an external review take, Tom? Could Well, I mean, it could go all the way. You know, there, there could be recruiters in the firing line that survive draft day. You know, well, <laughs> like, Yeah, drafts end in November. You want it sorted well before then, but you've got to go through the review, go through the recommendations, then get rid of the people, then bring in the people. They're sort of... I, I get why they're doing it, but they're coming from a long way back. And if they don't get Clarko, what are they? They're they're doing the external review and waiting for the results, are they? So, but you're, if they get Clarko, they're not going to do the external review. So well, why, it is. Why it would is, you? Well, I mean, you should still. Wouldn't wouldn't you want to know where the whole club's at? Just do your due diligence. I mean, obviously, the, the reviews Clark- they've done in the past haven't covered it. If you're still reviewing things after reviewing things, like it's, it says that the first two or whatever didn't work. Yeah, well, it's like if I, if I review my performance on the podcast, I tick it off every week. I think I'm great. But that <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean anything if, if people don't like it. So that, Jeez, that's what's I'm, happened. The, the internal people have said, well, I'm safe. He's safe. He's safe. We're all mates. We'll review everyone else. Are you saying we should do an external review? Uh, I don't know if that's in our budget. No, that's I don't know true. if it's in the budget. Um, but if you bring Clarko in, half the people you're reviewing are going to go anyway. So you're not going to pay someone to review them. You're just going to say, "Well, Clarko is going to handle it." So what parts of the biz- What parts of the club isn't Clarko going to overhaul? They need the external review. Um, 
Well, it, it would say plenty as well. I mean, that's a lot of instability that you're talking about with, you know, who's going to be there and who's not. So if he does choose your your offer over the Bombers, doesn't it say that the Bombers really are, are a shambles, that they couldn't, you know, get their line, their cards up to get Clarko and they're a genuine basket case? Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think this was a conscious plan that's been weeks in the making and we're going to do this now and get Clarko. I think they saw... Every how close north were to getting him, and we're like, well, we we'd actually like him. I don't think it was a well, we're going to get him to stuff north. I don't think that's in their thinking, but it it screams basket case. It screams sort of a desperate attempt. Because um, do you, I mean, do we even know if Ben Rutten can coach? I mean, they, they've sort of done. Well, almost I don't that, think uh, he can. Based Mick on Malthouse of the early 2010s. You know, Brett Rutten wasn't doing a bad job. But he had a 50-50 record after five seasons, and. They turfed him out to bring in the senior superior record of a coach and that just didn't pan out. So whether or not that history might repeat with this, we we won't know unless it happens. But yeah, you, know, so you, you don't see too many examples of teams, you know, turfing out one coach and, and it works well. I guess maybe only Frio with Ross Lyon. Maybe you could argue that one worked, but Ross was sort of at the peak of his powers at that point. Yeah, look, I... I, I based on what I see, I don't know if Ben Rutten can coach. Oh, sorry, I, I don't think he can. I don't think the Bombers are doing anything great. They haven't gone from strength to strength. Um, they opened the year with a what was it, a sixty-eight point loss to the Bombers, sixty-six points. They've now had an eighty-four point loss to Port Adelaide, and in between, there's been a mix of good, bad, terrible, awful, amazing performances. Um. I mean, we we were bullish on him. I mean, I think yeah, we had him real right. high on the ladder. I think you might have even snuck him in the top four. So the, I mean, the club bought a bit of that at the start of the year as well. Uh, so to to be facing sacking, well, moving on your coach after well, that, you know, that, they effectively the they've moved him year. on. Let's not say well, they're facing it. He cannot coach at the club anymore after that. Well, um, and yeah, that's I the other thing I'd what factor it's like in, in the is, club for him. Well, that's yeah. the other thing I'd factor in is Clarko like. Well, this is how they treated him on the way out to try and underhandedly get me in. Like, I don't know if I like that. I'd like—I like to believe it's a negotiating ploy from Clarko um, for an extra couple of hundred k or, or some extra power, maybe within the club. But we won't know. Hopefully, in twenty-four hours, we do know. For, from my point of view, I'd just love to know. Um, and yeah, like there are other options. My club needs stability. And some standards and some leadership put in, and there's probably lots of names that can do it. It's just someone with some real experience in there that that we need. But it's a it's fascinating that on the eve of finals, where we've got it's Geelong are on. I'll do the math in my head. Seventeen wins. You've got four other teams on fifteen wins, and you've got a team on fourteen and a half wins. So that's like they're all primed, ready to go for a big final series, and we're talking about Clarko coaching one of 18th or 14th or whatever it is. Hey, look, the man's record speaks for himself. I mean, if you can get him, you get him. You've got to be in the race. It would be massive for your club, Seb, to get him. This You you talked about that you've missed some big names, but this would almost, oh, I don't know, is Clarko bigger than Dusty? Off-field, this is almost as good a recruit as you could do. So... Uh, look, I like that you've said an ultimatum. You've got to go for it. I'm just hoping that you uh, you pull it off. And look, there's some, some players there on both sides to work with. So I'll, look, we're going to talk about this decision 
throughout the finals, like you say, that that's just what happens with the man. But should we get back into the uh, the football action on the weekend? Sure, sure. You want you want to start Friday, or you want to yeah, start fresh well, Saturday? Yeah, I was going to say, well, we can take a swing at Friday, but maybe we give it a miss. A la what my boys did on Friday night. We just so we all it. saw the game. It was Friday night footy. Everyone lines up to watch this. Um, I love that you've just jumped in and taken it from me. Go for it, Seb, because I'll I want to hear well, your perspective on on this game. And like, look, did the Lions wanna... drop their standards? Did we kick it away? Where do you sit? Well, did Who... you kick it away? Yes. As in I, five goals, 10 in the second half, multiple Tom, shots from 30 out in front. My son's four and a half years old. He can kick those goals Max King missed. <laughs> oh, that like, he's kicked zero five, and his body language is he's kicking them is shocking. Like there's no technique. There's, there's nothing. It's all mental at this point. So is the club stubborn to not bring in Lloydie to give him a hand? Because... Look, there's. I'm looking at my club going, what the hell's going on? There's mixed messages. Rats comes out and says, we don't want any external help. Then that message is softened throughout this week to the point where I think you'll find Lloydie coaching him in the off-season. So, um, well, it's... Let me, let's, let's, let's look at it. Um, the soft cap's down. The footy department cap's down. How can you then pay Matthew Lloyd on the side? You've got to pay other staff for all these other welfare things. Maybe not... You couldn't, well, you probably couldn't afford to pay him. You're in a mountain of debt, but um, oh, it's just a crisp one. Within can the, Max actually within the pay cap, for it himself? Can, you do it? can he well, pay for it himself? Yeah, Max could pay Lloyd to do whatever he wants, take out his garbage, show him how to kick. Um, but like, do you think Jared Ruffhead hasn't walked him through the steps to kick? He was a great kick for goal. Well, that's the thing. So I Max think, has got know, to take this responsibility at this point. He's 22. True, but you know that sports science has changed. They don't let them have 200 shots after training every week. So is there, I mean, what can you do for the goal kicking? I mean, he's not the only forward who's struggled. I mean, Charlie Kerno on the same weekend kicked one goal four. Uh, no one's talking about that because he's leading the Coleman. But, you, you know, it, it's 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 an issue because I think I saw on Friday nights this year, he's kicked five goals, 15. That's just Friday nights. So that there's something about the lights and, uh, you know, the, I guess the heat of that moment that comes in. And I'm, I am with you that it is it is technique, but yeah, surely you ask for all the help you can get. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning the club, not Max as an individual. I'm questioning the club. I question Max. He's the one missing the shots. The club doesn't miss the shots. He misses them. Yeah, true. But, I mean, what are they allowing him to do? And, yeah, are they letting this external help come through? I what mean, if... Are they doing everything they can to help his technique when he's having those shots? The answer is no, given what we're seeing. So I'm, I'm putting it back on the club. You know, if if the sports science guys are worried, set up a program so that he can add 200 shots after a game to his, you know, his weekly routine and, and build up his hamstrings or whatever. It does... Shock me that, look, we all know accuracy is the only stat that hasn't got better in the history of our game. It continues to be an issue for clubs. Uh, so, And it's not just the Saints. It's just in the headlines because we lost this game. But it's what if, just... what if, Tom, what if you played him at centre-half back? Yeah, well, I wish he would have told us that when we had uh, Paddy McCartan coming through. Uh, good question. I Look, I don't know. It would be pretty funny to see Max the forward and Ben the defender swap positions in their AFL careers. I don't know. We, we've shown this year that we don't 
tend to have a plan B apart from throwing memory down back. Uh, so I don't know if we'll see it. I mean, if you are going to try it, maybe five goals down against the Swans late in the game this weekend might be the time. I don't, I can't tell you because he's never ventured further than the wing. Uh, so yeah, I can't but answer all, that. All defenders are forwards who just can't kick goals. <laughs> like, True. But, I mean, he's kicked 47 it. for the year, so we know he can kick them. He's just had a bad night. Uh, well, a couple of bad nights throughout the year. He, he has won games for us this year off his own boot. Now he's lost games. So, I'd look, I'm pro-Max, and don't worry about that. I think he's one of the I know you're pro-Max. Don't worry, about Coming forwards I, you, in our comp. So you, You're a Saints supporter. You're pro-anyone on your list with that jumper. It's good. Well, you should uh, look. I know there's uh, family members of mine that have, have seen some of the uh, online talk and the, not all the Saints fans are positive I'll say that but I'm I'm definitely in all the right. max well, camp let's, don't worry about that I'm going to tap into the negativity and yes I know the Lions won and they're charging the top four and it's what do you have to win by 100 and have Carlton lose by 100 to get in Is that the, exactly it's something that's like the that. maths yeah so that's not happening um I just stumbled upon this I didn't go looking for it but I stumbled upon this stumbled upon it a decade of first round picks for St Kilda 2012 traded out, 2013 Billings, 2014 Paddy McCartan, 2015 Gresham, 2016 traded out, 2017 you had two, Clark and Caulfield, 2018 King, 2019 traded out, 2020 Allison. What is that? I don't know, Brad Allison's son? I don't know. No, it's, uh, it's not, but uh, no, nah, he's a uh, forward who's uh, in the VFL as we speak. So he could come in and Max can go down back? Uh, oh, he's Different pretty forwards. raw. He's pretty raw. Um, 2021, uh, it's just NWM, but I assume that's Nasaya Wengani Malira. Yeah. Zero best and fairest, zero all Australians. Does that sum up where your list is at? Yeah, well, it does hurt when you connect the uh, post-Ross Lyon drafting, which is probably some of the worst the comp seen at a time when you didn't want to do that. With uh, Look, there's some hits in there, like Gresham, tick. Uh, I still think Hunter Clark's a good pick. Um, well, McCartan was a tick. He's doing real well for Sydney. Tick, tick for Sydney. Uh, look, there's a few ticks and a few crosses. I mean, in isolation, you could you could look at that. I'm, I mean, do you want to whip out the Melbourne record of the last 20 or the Blues of the last 20? Have a look at the Carlton 2014 well, drafting. But do you, you want to be compared to Carlton? Because they haven't won anything in a long time. Yeah, true. Well, maybe maybe that's you can right, happily go over there. Melbourne... They got it wrong for a long time, were terrible, got a few right, and now their Premier's about to defend. Um, I just think, uh, I think you laughed at me at the start of the year when I declared the Saints for a no-man's land. Yeah, look, but, I might have had my Saints hat on there. Look, we are. We, we're stuck at, what did we win, 11 games last year, 12 this year, stuck just on the on the door of the eight. But, yeah, the, the question is, well, I mean, we'd have to have our best team play 22 games to even venture north of that. So, uh, look, there's plenty of work to do in the off-season. I'll say that. I I might save it for our end-of-year review for us because I don't think we'll be in the final. So, we'll be in next week's uh, bye special. But, um, look, there's questions on the drafting there. I mean, I could pot us as well. We had a – I think it was uh, Chris Pelchin's strategy of bringing in multiple picks and the road to 2018. We were meant to be a top four team by 2018, Seb. Uh, that little project's gone by the wayside. So, uh, yeah, just had, had our good era in the, what, 04 through to 2011 and uh, just have never recovered from that. We finally got our list back to a point where we were heading north and made that 2020 final series, won a final, but 
we have got ahead of yourselves, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We look, we yeah. we did. I mean, but hey, Mason Wood was good. He kicked four. Like, well, what did you think seeing that? Because he also kicked, uh, he kicked a few against the Cats a week before. He's actually having a little purple patch, and I know you're probably going to say he won't do it in a big game, but it was a reasonably large occasion on Friday, so yep, he's I've probably got himself him, another contract. Well, I've seen him, like you said, Max King. I've seen him win games off his own boot, but few and far between. I'm not. Yeah. Good on him, Mason. Like he tries hard. He's got that left foot. He's up on the wing. Um, but he's he's he should be your eighteen to twenty second or twenty third man, not the guy kicking four to keep you in it. He's kicked four out of nine goals. Um, well, true. I mean, what, what do you think of the Lions though to to just get off the Saints? Because we look, we are a mess, and it's it hasn't oh, yeah, been a great year. It in. hasn't like, been a great year. Um, you don't think they're going deep? Are they? Can they make no. the? No, I'll tell you why I really don't think they're going deep. And I really love Cam Rayner. I want to put that out there. I just, he is so smooth. Such a smooth oh, mover. You're telling me he took the game um, away from us single handedly. Are we talking Brisbane or are we still talking Saints? No, no, Brisbane. That was a Cam Rayner. Uh, I, I did watch the other side uh, okay. with Saints classes on. Um, I've got Danaher. Who is he's a roller coaster of a key forward, up and down, does amazing things and jumps up for a mark. He's not going to get gives away a silly free kick. You got Eric Hipwood, who averages one point two goals a game, which he has done for six years in a row. He hasn't gotten any better. And you've got Dan McStay, the six hundred thousand dollar man, who, like by all rights, is a very decent average footballer. They're not going to give you an impact in finals. You know who gives you gives you an impact? Charlie Kerner, Harry Mackay. The the big boys at the Blues. Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron. Key forwards now. Oh, or yeah. Twin Towers, you mean? Well, no, serious key forwards. Serious key forwards. Um, see, this is where Melbourne, this is what Melbourne lack. They have Ben Brown, who tell me what he's going to do in the final series. Um, they sort of have Bailey Fritch, who's a good complimentary forward. He needs a real big marking presence around him. Um uh, see, this is what Collingwood lack is what Fremantle lack. Sydney have got Buddy and Buddy and Buddy, and then apparently Sam Reid or, or um, Would Logan you put Haney with him. Uh, yeah. Too small. Yeah, he, well, he pushes up. Maybe you put Papley. I'll tell you what, if Papley was on the Blues list, they'd be locked in for finals. <laughs> that, they wouldn't that have lost is that true. game. True. Um, and Richmond have got Lynch and Rewalt. They sort of still have the legitimate ones. Um, and I think that's what the Lions really lack like, a key forward who we know is going to stand up for a quarter or a half late in the game and, and give you a target the whole time. Um, and that just, I mean, it really detracts from them. Um, and look, this is really interesting. We're about to see Charlie Kernow win the Coleman, barring an eight goal turnaround. And they'll be teammates, obviously, one back to back Coleman's. Technically, the Geelong boys won back to back Coleman's just on different sides in 1920. So that's the last four. Oh, because what it was Cameron of the as the Giants, yeah. and then the last yeah. four Collingwood winners: winners Kurnow, Mackay, Tomahawk, and Cameron. That's that's fascinating yeah. to me. But um, yeah, the Lions won at Marvel, not at the MCG. So that question mark still exists. Um, they've got to beat Melbourne this week to secure the top four spot. That's a challenge. Well, it's up there, it is up there, which helps them. I mean, I mean, can. They, Prelim is the ceiling for the Lions. I mean, say they finish, they beat the D's, finish top four. You can't see them 
sneaking a, a qualifying or if you, I mean, can you, I mean, will you, is semi as good as we'll see a semi-final from them or are they, a, you know, lose to Melbourne this week, finish fifth or sixth and. Well, beat Melbourne, they play Sydney in a qualifying. They did wouldn't, beat them earlier this year, but. Wouldn't have them. I don't wouldn't know. have them. They lose. Well, they get what, what's it Richmond. Likely? They might get Richmond if they they go as low as sixth. I was about to say get... Richmond at the G, but no, that game won't be moved to the G. Although yeah. Richmond might think that's unfair. Um, or fifth, and they get the Blues or the Dogs, which you'd back him in to win that one. Yeah, Carlton on their home deck. Carlton, I don't know. You you would, and well, that I mean, just gets mentioned... him through to a semi. Yeah, so. exactly. So, I mean, yeah, the, the semi-finals probably their ceiling. I mean, we you've also stumbled on something as well. I mean, you, they've got the key forwards there, and they're more like, what can they do on their day? But their defense, you know, Harris Andrews is a star. Is sort of similar to Hipwood in that he's sort of reached a level, and I don't know if he's gone beyond it. Uh, Marcus Adams is injury riddled. Uh, he's still concussed. He's he's not coming back this week. Like from yeah. a concussion, it's it's <laughs> it's incredibly sad, but yeah, he's he's not coming back. There you go, and, and Darcy Gardner, who had his own uh, concussion issues, copping one from Brad Crouch there. So, um, look, they might be similar to the doggies, where they're just running on a real good midfield, and there's there's key. I mean, they've got Charlie Cameron, which the dogs didn't have, but they'd have to ride some sort of dogs of twenty one vibe to uh, to go deep. But I think a semi finals about where they're going to finish. Given what we've seen from them this year, you still just can't trust them. Yeah, I, I I think that's it. And then, how long are they going to stay up for? Will be the next big question. But we can see. I guess you talk that when, depending on where they finish. Um, look, their fate's in their own hands. At least they're in the four. Yeah, they play a fellow top four side. They win that. They're going to get a, a qualifying and then either a home prelim or semi. So fate's in their hands. They lose it. They're going to get a home. Elimination, and then play one of the losers of the semis, which can throw up some interesting results anyway. So True. we'll just see. That's it. Oh, well, grade-wise, I'll fail the Saints and I'll distinction the Lions. Yeah, yeah. The, the Saints can fail. I mean, the Saints might as well drop out at this point. Their year's done. Um, <laughs> pass the Lions for getting a win, but, yeah, they haven't done anything else special. Uh, there you go. So, geez, I feel like... Uh, we do uh, like chatting Saints, don't we? Uh, dogs, <laughs> do we, Tom? We do. I come up. Uh, dogs played the Giants. Uh, this one at Marvel is the early game on the Saturday. Um, they gave it a real, real go. This uh, this Giants team. I mean, it, this game always gets touted up as a rivalry game. I think it's really, really simmered down this one. Uh, especially when, when Toby Green went out. But, you know, it, it had that 2016, maybe to 2019 peak, and it's dropped off a little since. But, um, look, I love what I saw from the Giants midfield. All their big names, Kelly 35, Coniglio 31, Whitfield 29, Ward 29. Good or bad, they're the old stages that you're kind of expecting that from. Where is the next wave coming from? I mean, they yeah, if you're going to have your senior players play that well, uh, you know, you are going to be in it. I mean, you can't be disappointed as the dogs because you won the game. You've just got to bank Ws at this point. But they did sort of struggle to uh, to put away this this Giants team. That's a bottom four side this year. That still seems bizarre. I was bullish on them. I think I actually had them in the top four to pop myself there, Seb. I, I thought they had plenty going for them, and it's just just fallen away. So, 
Um, I mean, we don't. I mean, the doggies hanging in keeps this game relevant, but otherwise, it was a. You know, you could be forgiven for for, for your trip to Bunnings on the Saturday or whatever you were doing and missing this one. I reckon. Yeah, well, I mean, the Giants were ahead till midway through the last quarter, but there was only one goal kicked in the last quarter. This game was at Marvel under the under the dome, Tom. It wasn't wasn't really an excuse for a lack of firepower, um, but. Yeah, like you give the Giants a lot of credit for sticking it out. You know, their year's done. That's been a pretty ordinary year given it was only three years ago they were playing off in the, the big dance. Uh, and, yeah, they've got some stars there. The next wave is sort of coming through, coming through. They've got pick three. Well, it's going to be pick four in the draft at this point. Um, it's another high pick for them, another kid they can select for the Melbourne teams to try and poach in about four years. <laughs> Exactly, and we're going to keep going through this until something changes up there. I mean, the Gold Coast is similar, and they're probably easier to get players out of, to be fair, but um, they've got to find a way to keep their players up there and, and you know, bank this talent and build something. Um, it's a it's a classic double pass game, I reckon, this one. Yep, yep, that's a, that's a fair grade. Um, the, the margin didn't matter for the Dogs. It was the win. Was important, although you maybe next week the percentage might have been important, but uh, you'd think they still might make it up playing uh, playing the Hawks if, if they are to win. Uh, there's another game over at Adelaide, Tom, the Adelaide Crows versus the North Melbourne Kangaroos. This was uh, an entertaining game, although probably two sides on a similar level in terms of uh, quality, so. As in, are we talking sort of the bottom four of of our ladder? We're Adelaide at the moment. Have they have they climbed out of the bottom four? Fourteenth, fourteenth. There you go. Look, they've strung some wins together. Adelaide probably playing your boys and and West Coast last week helps that. But um, look, you you were right into this game, and I think they just kicked away with a couple of uh, junk oh, timers late. But we would have won. For grabs we in we that were down quarter. to one on the bench. We would have won if we if we weren't down to one on the bench. But yeah, uh, Zebel hurt his shoulder. Jed Anderson got concussed. Hey, well, you would have enjoyed that though, Zebel being out. Surely it's probably a sight for sore eyes. Zebel not out there. No, it didn't look any different. He doesn't normally do much anyway. So true. <laughs> it looked exactly the same. Um, LDU was was amazing. Is he North. winning your BNF this year? Yeah, yeah, he's got it. He he can probably retire now, and he still won it. Um, it was interesting that we played Ben Mackay on Taylor Walker. He kicked a couple late, but he kicked one off. I'm pretty sure he kicked one off a terrible kick out that just gifted Adelaide the ball, marked one very late, and then kicked one other. As opposed to last time we played them, we left. That was Ben Mackay playing forward, and Tex kicked five or six. Um, Darcy he- Fogarty, hey. Oh, no, I was going to say Mackay, he is a backman, isn't he? Like, if you've yeah. experimented with him up forward, is it is it is there something there or is he a defender? No, I think he's a defender. He's got a great pair of hands. Um, maybe he kicks like his brother and but doesn't go around the corner. Um, I mean, the worst time to experiment with someone down forward is when your midfield is struggling yeah. and the delivery in forward is terrible. So... It's a bit difficult to really judge him on the time we did send him forward, but I'd say he's a defender. He could be a swingman. He's a defender, but swing him forward if the matchup presents. Um, Darcy Fogarty kicked four for the Crows. He was he's, he's starting to sort of find his way as a footballer. 
Uh, we're in the famous number 32 for Adelaide. Um, and there are a host of sort of cameos, I guess. Um, Dawson was really good for the Crows. Rory Laird had plenty of it. Um, oh, it was, look, it was it was close. It was tight. I'm ultimately probably glad North lost. We keep that number one pick. We win this. We're getting pick two. Um, again, down to pick three because uh, William Ashcroft he'll be he'll be in the top yep. sort of one or two going up to Brisbane. Um, but I mean Adelaide won deservedly won, and and you know you take a lot out of this performance from North, knowing knowing you were down quite a few on the bench, but. Yeah, well, I guess one thing you do have to point out for this one, great to see the uh, comeback of Ben Cunnington uh, back after uh, oh, his amazing recovery from two bouts of um, of cancer. Unbelievable scenes. Love seeing him out in the middle pregame. And then he's come out and what, had 17. Uh, his contested possession numbers are up there with the best of them. On nearer, don't worry about that. He is the kind of bloke you want your young guys following, Seb. Uh, if you draft a midfielder high in this year's draft, just, just get him to move in with Ben 10 and just study his craft because he, he's been a great for you. It was great seeing him out there. Oh, look, a win would have obviously been nice, but uh, that, that's a good story for your boys in, in a tough year. Yeah, it, it, it was. It did um, brought tears to the eyes, I'm being honest, but um, it's nice to have a positive story about North Melbourne because there haven't been any others for the year. So, um, so yeah, that was going grade-wise for this one. Is it a double passer? Oh yeah, does it matter? Neither <laughs> of them are passing the semester, are they? Yeah, that's true. Blink, <laughs> yeah, you could be forgiven. Oh, I mean, you're going to watch this game, but again, uh, you're hanging out for those blockbusters. So you uh, were obviously at Bunnings on Saturday, Arvo, because you clearly are declaring that that was the place to be. <laughs> Look, I actually wasn't, funnily enough, but uh, I, I do need to go there, uh, stock up on a few items. Uh, I did catch some of this next... No, I catch all the games, so don't worry about that, radio. Uh, this next game, Cats v Suns. Look, uh, this one couldn't have gone more to script. Uh, if I... Look, I didn't indulge in a bet, but I would have said Cats over 40 heading into this game. Ended up being a 10-goal game. Uh, the so the worry just- out of this is... is- Jeremy Cameron's hamstring. Proppy, you reckon? Well, he's not playing this week. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're, they're playing the Eagles. They're playing the Eagles on their home deck. I mean, and you I know, half say... the Eagles team is not coming. Gaff's not coming. Nick Nat's not coming. Obviously, Josh Kennedy's retired. Like, it's it could be that waffle side they rolled out earlier this year. And down at the Cattery, I mean, last year they played with a full side and lost by 90. So, I would say the Cats wouldn't care and they'll cruise, but there's probably a few blokes wanting a spot, a la your Lukey Dalhouse, Zach Guthrie types that want to play in September. So, look, it's still going to be ugly this week. It was ugly this week. The the Cats are just in cruise mode. I mean, the issue for them is are they being softened up with a couple of easier games pre-September? Uh, I mean, I guess you can only play who's out there. Would you rather a, a tough contest? Uh they they need no injuries. Exactly. They just this was almost through. worse than a loss. Exactly. So they just want to get through. Reece Stanley was one, actually. He did a low-grade uh, adductor, I think it was, out of this one. Um, I mean, it, he's trying to shore up that spot. They do have Segler coming through. I mean, he's done a, He's held that spot. I know that we're talking Stanley versus Segler. It's hardly, you know, Ali Fraser, that one. But... 
little injury there. I mean, is that a little chink in the armor, the the ruck for the Cats? It's probably the only thing you could pot for them. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, they're just saving it, saving their uh, they're putting themselves in cotton wool and getting through these games. Unless you're in the bottom four who are fighting for a spot, but look, they they did this one with ease, and and the Suns have just put the cue in the rack for their season. I think it's been they disappointing. Were, they were a legit chance, and we were bullish. We like the Suns. We actually do want to see them do well for once. Um, so their later half of well, I guess their last six weeks have just been terrible games that you think they should win they just haven't shown up so maybe we've raised the bar on them uh, given that you know it wasn't a high bar to start with but they've let us down and this was just another one I mean I didn't expect them to win but you would have thought they would have given more than a yelp and more than a 10 gold drubbing yeah you would have hoped so but um, yeah so much to play for for the Cats and and not much for the Suns who yeah I mean it looked promising but Zoom out and look at the Suns. They're a pretty heartless football team, to, yeah. to, to put it bluntly. So the result doesn't surprise me. I'd pass the Cats and, or well, you coordinated the Suns. It's pretty poor, but failed them. It, it, yeah, I'm, but, oh, no, I'll coordinate them with you. I think, you know, we, yeah. we've, we were excited for them to make a run and actually, yeah, like you say, be relevant for a change. And they've just put their heels up. I mean, I know... Their back half of the years are probably some of the worst we've seen. Well, definitely in the 18-team era, they're without a doubt the worst back half of a year side. But look, I mean, they've gone from playing eight weeks to now what they're playing 13, 14 weeks. So now it's on them to finally become a 22-week team and we'll see that next year. But look, they've let us down with this uh, this last little dash to the finish line. Uh, do you think um, when Marbio Chols goal every week streak uh, ended. They sort of just put the cue in the rack from there. That was what they were playing for. Yeah, look, it was a fair streak. He's, he's got claims to be almost recruit or pick up of the year, uh, given, you know, they got him pretty cheaply from the Tigers and he's turned into it with Ben King out. I mean, I, I don't know if you could say he's covered, but he's done more than a serviceable job up there with uh, Casbolt. Yeah, they found it, something out of those two from the scrap heap, basically. So you give him that, but yeah, you tick the recruiters off for getting those two in. No, yeah, with banking going down, they've been more than serviceable. But yeah, just overall, as a club, just a heartless, soulless football club, aren't they? You can't argue with that because of what we've we've seen them dish up. They've stuck with Stewie Jew, so at least they've put a little backbone in there. But you know, the the proof will be what happens next year. I mean, knowing their history, they'll. They could go bottom four next year. We all hope that they're going north of 12th, but we don't know because they don't have any line of consistency as a club, like you've said. This Stewie Jew holding on is probably the most consistent thing that they've tried to do uh, and we'll hopefully see something come from it, but you can't trust them. If we talk about trust. They're the team you trust least in the comp. All right. Well, speaking of trust, Melbourne played Carlton. I don't know how much you trust either of these two teams either, Tom, because this was, and like if you were, I hope it, it was a ripping game. One of the best sort of contests I've seen. It was a bit sloppy, a bit choppy at times, obviously a bit dewy there at the MCG. Um, but it's the sort of game, if you attended the venue, you'd want to be out there in your seats watching and just soaking it in because it was up. Uh, the, the crowd was into it. 
Uh, the teams were into it. There were lead changes galore, especially late. What's that? One, two, four, I think it was. Three, four Five, in the last quarter. It was just, it was on. And it was the big boys making the big plays. Um, I don't think Stevie May could tell Jakey Melksham we would have lost this if you had played. Yeah, exactly. Because Melksham he was, was one, the difference. He's kicked show. four, two, had another one. Another one, not robbed, but one of those rare moments. Benny Brown marks it on the wing, rock right on the boundary line. He's now out of bounds. He plays on and runs over his mark, still out of bounds. So that kicked the Melksham. Melksham kicked the goal, but it got brought back. Um, Charlie Kerner, as he said earlier, had a poor kicking night, which has really hurt them, but got the Coleman in the bag. So don't worry about it. He's the best forward in that team. Uh, Mackay's kicked three. Jackie Martin popped up with three. Cozzy Pickett popped up with a sealer with 10 seconds left, which was just, oh, it was just electrifying um, for him to sort of, it came out of nowhere. Watching it, it looked like, nah, the Blues are going to hold on. Yes, I know there's 10 seconds left. Just kill it, just kill it, just kill it. They didn't kill it. They didn't kill it. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know that music? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I just heard that playing over and over. Um, and the D's won, and, and, it was really important to the D season as well. If they didn't win that, they didn't have to beat Melbourne really well to sort of slot into the top, uh, beat Brisbane really well to slot in the top four. Now they're both on 15 wins playing each other. Carlton, massive one point, like one point. Oh, sorry, five points. They're up by a point. Even if Cozzy had missed that shot, the draw gets them in. They just needed it so badly and they couldn't get it. And that might sum up their season. Um, and people have started talking as a wasted season, as a failed season. Maybe it is, but the belief's back there. Like, they believe they can win and do it, and the results haven't gone their way. They've had some injuries. Doherty was running around the middle in this one, which is obviously out of position, but I thought he had a great game for Carlton. Um, and, yeah, you'd still be proud of the Carlton fan with where you're at and um, disappointed with no finals, if that's how it ends. But the performances like these against the rainy Premier on the G, like, you can't ask for too much more. No, absolutely. That is a great thorough take on the game. Uh, to rewind back, obviously, when you're mentioning sitting in the seats, I was in attendance at the game. Uh, we had our ultimate footy super coach end of year uh, celebration, I guess you'd call it. Uh, caught part of the game in the seats and part of the game in the David Neitz bar. So, uh Fantastic uh, behind-the-scenes so, festivities there. but uh, So for the rest of the crew that attended, they now know what happened on the field based on my retelling, I take it. Because I, I, as I understand, there wasn't a whole lot of footy being watched. Well, it tends to go uh, a la the races when you, you do your footy in that MCC style where you're watching it on a screen. The screens didn't even have the score on them. You had to have a look on your phone to see what the score was because I guess they do encourage you to go out and watch. But uh, it was good atmosphere in there. Um yeah, you mentioned Melksham kicking four. Massive issue for the D's is finding that forward. I mean, last year you had Brown who found some form in September. McDonald was up there. You had Wiedemann in the wings. Similar outtake this year, but McDonald's not coming back. The Weed just doesn't get a go. It doesn't get a look in. And when he does, he doesn't get near it. Ben Brown's out of touch. It's a massive query for the D's. Uh, this game suited them in that they didn't have to sort of rely on a massive amount of scores in the end. Um and they gave away a lot of downfield free kicks, I thought. So just one of those ugly games that they had to get there and really, really grind. But you mentioned, you know, that, oh, no music for Carlton. You go back, the AFL, as you would know if you've jumped on the app, does these awesome uh, 
last two minute clips uh, when it's a close game. I went back on the train on the way home. I'm watching it because you know it all at the time it was like how did Carlton lose that? You actually went back and watched it a couple of times, and there are that many breakings of footy 101 rules that just would shock you. Get it, you know, get getting the ball out of bounds when you need to, taking a mark when you need to, being in the right spot on your player when you need to. They, I know uh, a few years ago, Rusey was talking about the worst 50 seconds in football when the Suns' uh, Carmichael Hunt goal went through against the Tigers, but for the Blues, it was their version of that. They just couldn't find a way to just kill this game. And Melbourne just, you know, little crack in the in the in the door and they just run through it. They found a way to just guts it out in those last two minutes. So that's how close the season is, that that is the difference between the Blues making it and not potentially. Uh, I love 2022 for that, that uh, the year's that close. But um, yeah, for the Blues, I mean, it's no way in, it's no, this year, if they come ninth, it's not a failure for them. I mean, if you've had a look back even a couple of years, they've, they've had some tough times basically since uh, they got caught with the paper bags under the table. So it's been a long time since they've been relevant. They are relevant now. Uh, they can use this as a as a building block. Um, there's an argument that they might actually get more out of coming ninth and having the fire in the belly than they do out of coming eighth, as weird as that sounds. So either way, Carlton fans, obviously you want to make the finals, and I kind of think you will uh, this weekend, but don't think it's a, uh, a failure. Um, in terms of the game, I've got to give a shout-out to Lewis Young. He is in the face of a falling and crumbling back line. Uh, he stayed strong the whole year and he had another good game. Uh, easily beat Ben Brown, so plenty to like there. Uh, Grade-wise, you've got to fail the Blues and you've got to... You've got to hate... Oh, no, I'll distinction the Ds for that one, uh, given that I think they're a top four unit, so they probably should have had this one wrapped up and not need last-second heroic. So, yeah, that's my grades there. What do you reckon, Seb? Yeah, I'm just double-passing. Well, more than acceptable from Carlton to do that. And the D's, it's it's a pass. They got the win. That's what's expected. Um, didn't do anything fancy. Didn't win any fans. But uh, 15 wins is a good home and away year in any year. So um, still give them the pass. There were two moments in that last two minutes that stood out. Um, it was a kick backwards to Adam Saad that fell short, hit the ground. If he marks it, he pushes back. He'll take another 10 seconds off the clock, kick long. It'll still go to the same spot, most likely, kick long down the line, but that was a killer. And then if you, you've got to watch the footage from on the couch. Um, they showed Jake Lever, and there's a long shot of the ground, and you can see how Carlton have the spare in their defense, and you see Lever pointing to the middle where they had the, the where Melbourne had their extra man. And the ball's sort of thrown in. There's a bit of back and forth. He gets it, and it looks, if he didn't have the whole ground footage, it looks like the worst kick in the history of football as it goes straight directly inbounds. But it was a it was a snap kick, so it was sort of going end over end, and it bounced over the Carlton player, and that's when they got it and drove it inside 50. He knew what was happening, knew where the out number was, didn't wasn't pretty, but got the ball where they had the numbers, and that enabled them to get the goal. If it had been panic long down the line, Carlton kill it, game over. And they were the two moments that stood out for me. Um, but it was a ripping game of football. Um, it was another game over in the West. I love my derbies or derbies. Um, yeah, you probably would have had this one on or if it wasn't. I guess it was a it was a tough one to watch, wasn't it, for the uh, neutral well, fan? I kept flicking over and it was like I'd flicked to um, UFC. 
yeah. they were just going hammer and tong, which can be fun and enjoyable, like a good old fashioned brawl. But at the same time, I was trying to trying to catch up with the Dockers for the footy, see how my boys were going. Um, they got the win by twenty four points. They probably should have beaten this West Coast outfit by a lot more. You got to remember, like we said last week, eight goals from this West Coast side gone missing with no JK. Yep. Um, but like getting the win, getting the points, moving on. Um, it it was all all just about getting through without injuries for Frio, given where they sit. Um, they win that. They beat the Giants. That gets them in the top four. Um, pretty much. I, no, it doesn't. Collingwood have to lose for them to sort of stay in. But that's, yeah, it's still important for them to win, win well enough. And, and like, let's be real, Tom, wasn't a whole lot to report out of this game other than good win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if you're a Frio fan, you almost would have been frustrated given the the conditions and, and the fact that you were playing the Eagles because the Eagles basically just went the scrap. They went the, uh, they went the knuckle instead of the ball really, uh, you know, against a hated rival whose season's well and truly on the line. The Eagles basically probably were dead on arrival this season, unfortunately for them. So they probably had this one penciled in as look, let's just go, go the old brawl style. Uh, and they stuck with them. Uh, the wet, the conditions probably helped, um, they didn't have an answer for Sean Darcy, who had an absolute field day. 56 hitouts, 16 Ds. I think he took out the Glendenning medal. Uh, is that what it's still called? It might have another name. But uh, the Ross Glendenning medal. Only sour note was where's Rory Lobb's shoulder at. So we did say that Freo don't really have any scary forwards. Well, he's probably one of... I wouldn't say scary. He's He could be on his day, but you're not sort of penciling him in for a big bag every week. So look, he's probably there. Oh, Tavern is up there, but he, I, I'd say I'd have Lob ahead of him at this stage. So uh, they probably don't want him out for too long. Um, I mean, yeah, this week, top four on the line. It hurts if he doesn't play, but there's another week after that that they can rest. Uh, for the Eagles, Tom Barras, I mean, he just keeps on keeping on. I think Simo said in his post game, he's just basically campaigning to get him in the All-Australian team at this point. That's just a rare shining Is he light really? Well, I mean, Simo's com- you know, campaigning. I think he had a massive game. I think it was against the Hawks where he marked everything and had almost 30. Uh, and since then, he's, he's put on a good month, but I don't know if he's... Look, he might make the squad, but I don't know about the team. Uh, there's a few probably ahead of him. Um, at the other end of the scale, I mean... Yeah, I, I mentioned Darcy. I mean, Nick Nat's coming off a fairly long layoff, so you can't sink it into him. Um, but, I mean, it killed them in the midfield. They just couldn't get anywhere near the clearances. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this one for the Freo fans to just get the W and move on. So I think you probably double pass this one. Yeah, you would. You would pass them both, not worry about the extent of the win, the margin, or anything else. You just... He just double pass and move on. Um, I think Simo's calls on Barassa are a bit premature. Um, Look, he's had a good month, I think, and it's just recency bias because it's been a long year. It is. He had a few bags kicked on him earlier in the year. Um, and I think, I need a stats man to confirm this, but I think he's had about 155 one-on-ones and he's lost the highest percentage of anyone in the league with that sort of figure. So, 
Yeah, there you go. I, I think he's done really well given where West Coast are at, but uh, I don't think he's all Australian. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean Simo's got to find something. So he's been, yeah, like I said, yeah. had a good Luke Shuey signed a new one-year deal. There you go, Simo. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there's an, another one. We're we're finding positives for West Coast fans. Uh, Sunday, the early game, uh, Richmond. Well, this v- is Richmond to a T. Richmond beating Hawthorne. Lynch kicks eight. They beat up on the terrible sides, the sides that are no good, the sides with no players. It's classic Richmond. Well, they do, and I keep getting frustrated seeing how. Like, there's articles if you if you delve in this year, uh, this week, you know, no one wants to finish sixth and play Richmond in seventh, and the Tigers are the sleeping giant. They, I mean, what are their scalps this year? I mean, they they didn't get anywhere near the Cats. Uh, second, Sydney beat them. I mean, they probably they lost won that by game. three points to the Cats, Tom. Actually, yeah, that is true. Uh, I've forgotten that one. I tend to forget Cats games. Uh, you know, they snuck home against the Swans. That that went close. They weren't near the Ds. They didn't. I mean, they drew with the Dockers at Marvel. Make of that what you want. Uh, they'd beaten Carlton once, lost to Carlton. No, I'd, I'd look. It doesn't. Does it scream deep in September? I mean, we talked about the line ceiling. What is it for the Tykes? Oh, they won't. I don't think they'll win a final. Yes, there you go. I mean, we said semi-final for the Lions. The Tigers aren't getting past week one for you. It's tough. I've seen them live once, seen them plenty on TV. I saw them live. North Melbourne beat them. I've seen North Melbourne a lot this year, Tom. We haven't beaten much. <laughs> We've beat a waffle side in Richmond. Yeah. Um, no, I just... Maybe Dusty comes back. I think they're going to bring Dusty in and he won't be able to give them what they need for four quarters. Um, although he's, he's probably his go-to, his one would has been that quarter of brilliance where he kicks three or kicks two and has four clearances. Um, but they can't play four quarters of footy. They can play a good half. They can match it. They can sort of hold their own for bits. But against the better sides, they get found out. And I think in September, they're just going to be a step behind. It's a long season too. They got a lot of old aging bodies. Um, I think Jack Rewalt, you know, he's just he just keeps on keeping on. And uh, well, Tom Lynch, he's great against year. he's great against you know a bottom two sort of what a Hawthorne. Well, he might win uh, this year's Josh Bruce Medal. I reckon Tommy Lynch. He, he kicked a big bag against the Eagles too. So <laughs> I think you know in when I say the Josh Bruce Medal, Seb, I think you don't need reminding of when he kicked ten against your boys last year. Do they give out medals for this? No, no, I've just made it up now, but any did chance Nick, to bring up that game. But um did Nick yeah, Rewalt get one for his last game? Like is it big bags against poor sides? If you're referring to twenty sixteen when he did what did he get nine in that last round. <laughs> Huge. Um for the Hawks, I mean they're trying things at this point of the year. Sicily in the midfield, he had thirty, kicked a goal, took nine marks. There's something there, but if you actually look at their mid midfield numbers on the whole, uh, it's it's ugly reading. So, you think they maybe could have put Sicily on Lynch? Like, just look, throwing it out there, he might not have kicked Weird eight. He might, might have kicked four, not eight. Uh, he really got off the chain. So uh, that's sort of where the Hawks are at now. You sort of plug one hole and something else comes up. So he's throwing the magnets around Sammy Mitchell. He's got to do that. Um, I mean. Do they have an upset in them this week with the with the Bulldogs? My word, they do. They got embarrassed here. They're gonna they're like Mitchell will give them a bake. They got embarrassed. I reckon they might beat the dogs. 
that's the kind of side they are this year. So, yeah, yeah, we got the bad Hawks on the weekend. But, yeah, take something out of Sicily in the midfield. Uh, hopefully, You've got you to can... love Jai Newcomb to talk positive for the Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you could throw him a bone as well. So, look, I... I'm delving quietly on the Hawks because I know you're probably about to let fly at them, but uh, it's probably a pass and a fail for this one. Uh, pass Tigers, fail Hawks. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd do the same. I just, yeah, the, the Tigers. They've got to, they've got to do something in September. I just don't believe they're there where they were, and everyone's remembering this Richmond side of of 2019-20. And oh yeah, Dusty was great. Cochin did this, and Lynch did this, and they're just. Not that side. Shane Edwards announced his retirement today. Um, he can't be playing as good a footy as he was three years ago. Like, not no disrespect, but obviously his time is is, is up. Um, like Jack Rewatt was still goalless in. You know, he's a real downhill skier. A real good chance to get on that scoreboard. Um, Rioli, they found something. He's a real good small. Board gives his a lot pressure, of pressure numbers are um, elite. I like what I see from Cumberland, but he's sort of playing that sort of third role. Shea Bolton was well held, held. Um, that's probably an encouraging sign for Richmond because often he seems to star and the rest of them sort of feed off it. Um, so the fact he wasn't at his brilliant best and they they did play so well, um, is a great sign. Um, but yeah, it's um. I just don't see the damage coming from the Tigers, and and I think it might be the way I saw them, and, and we beat them. I think they're undisciplined, and they're not anywhere near as talented as what they sort of thought they were through that three-peat, that three and four years era. Um, so they're going to finish seventh. We know that much. I mean, what's their ideal final? I mean, we don't think they're going to win it, but yeah, they'd want a Melbourne team at the G in that first Carl- final. If Carlton beat Collingwood. Everything looks like it'll be Collingwood Richmond in that first final. So that yeah, that that's best case, I reckon. Uh I mean, can they go into state and win a final? You you I mean, a Freo up for the taking if they can get a nab Freo. Yeah, I'm too bullish on the Dockers to sort of give it the I could see them winning. So look, I think I I, I didn't say, but I think semi final might be their ceiling. I, I do think, yeah, if they can get a Collingwood or they can get an interstate team that's a little bit raw, or who knows what the Lions would throw up if they ended up coming sixth. Uh, yeah, that it. Look, I'm talking ceiling, and this this is best case. But um, like you say, I don't know if they've beaten much this year, and and they, I just I just feel like they haven't had a win that gives you full confidence in them. Just say it, Tom. You just don't like them. I don't like them. There you go, it's, Seth. It's, it's fine to I say. say that about Richard. Let's get to the, the main course of, of the round. This Sydney Collingwood game uh, was a, was an event game, I, I guess, of sorts. The Pies coming off this massive streak and Sydney going under the radar somehow uh, and absolutely flying. They packed 44,000 into the SCG and it was absolutely rocking. I think it was a, the biggest crowd in almost 25 years. They come uh, out of the woodwork up there when the Swans are doing well, they? do. They do. It, they do. Uh, look, I, I, I did catch it with a, a family of old South Melbourne types, as you know, on my side, uh, Seb. Uh, they are up and about, but, yeah, they, they do come, uh, well, Check the crowd number out about halfway through the first. They come late up in Sydney. But this this one was a blockbuster, and the Swans got the job done. And 
did it with a relative amount of ease, I would say. I mean, you, some big numbers from young and old. That's the thing with the Swans. They're old guns, and I'm saying Callum Mills is old, but he had 29. Luke Parker was huge with 26. Rowbottom, Warner, uh, Goulden, you know, Buddy and Heaney did what they need to do up forward. They've got a bloke called Papley who would make most sides better. Um, there is a lot to like, and they've just, unbeknownst to the comp almost, I reckon, Seb, snuck in the second position. Are they the second best team in the comp? Yeah, you'd probably say they are. Are they yeah. going to challenge the Cats for the flag? I mean, I mean, the, the Cats are that far in front. Uh, ask any Geelong fan, you and I know it's a done deal, this flag. But is there anyone that can worry them? And is that Team Sydney? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take that previous comment with a grain of salt because obviously we know you can be as far ahead as you want. But come that day in September, you still got to get the four points. Uh, you'd have to say Sydney are the second best side in it. I think they've got a diverse... Um, diverse avenues to goal. You've got Buddy who can bomb them from 55 or he's good at ground level. He can sort of do it in a lot of ways. Heaney's good overhead, but obviously skilled below his knees. Papley's a little bit of a lead up forward at times, but can crumb. They've got options there. And then Parker knows how to go forward and kick goals. Um, obviously Mills bobbed up with a goal. Errol Goulden, great use of the footy. Dane Rampey kicked his first goal in forever. He's not really a great example of someone who's a great avenue to goal, but he did <laughs> kick a goal, and that was noteworthy. His um, tackle on Warner's another one who's, who's really good as well, who yep. they've sort of come up and gone nowhere. They've got this Ford Logan McDonald who didn't do anything, though. So they sort of, you know, seriously, he could be – if he doesn't fire, he, finals are won by that third forward. Often it's not the first or the second. It's the third one that gets off the chain because he has a blinder. And it won't be Logan. Like, they've got Logan McDonald who... Question... I'm taking this with a grain of salt just because I don't think your boy Phillips would be getting a game for Sydney uh, given their midfield depth. Oh, if Ryan Clark's getting a game, Phillips would be getting a game. I can guarantee you that. He's given them a little bit, hasn't he, Clarky? You don't Has obviously he... miss him. He's He's trying to play that pressure forward or... Negative forward role, uh, you know, which says what it says Mate. about his career that that's where he's at. But he's got the he's... attitude of Nathan Buckley with the fig jam, but with the ability of Raf Clark. Hey, <laughs> uh, he played played a couple of good finals. Raf, everyone remembers that tackle in the O nine granny, not me. But uh, did he play them, or was he just on the ground at the time they happened? I feel oh. like he was just having a stroll. He was having a stroll. Look, he look. I'm I'm probably talking him up. He had one good final against Collingwood in 08, but I'm I'm digressing, Seb. But I know what you mean. Uh, it, it's the confidence of the Sydney that a bloke like that can come in and just just play a role and and act like he is in that Nathan Buckley mold. That's that's the confidence they've got, and that's probably what they need the Swans. Because I mean, we've talked about trust this episode and most episodes. Uh, we have doubted Sydney throughout the year, but they are building trust by winning this kind of game. So. Uh, all you can do is win, and they've strung together six in a row, and they're sitting second. So, you know, if they get the right teams in uh, in a couple of home finals, and they've got one foot in the granny. Yeah, and it looks. I think their first qualifying final is going to be fascinating because, looking at the ladder and percentages, it's going to be either Melbourne or Brisbane. And if it's yeah. Melbourne in Sydney, fascinating. If it's Brisbane in Sydney, fascinating. So, um, hey, hang on, the Saints could win. And they could be on the road. 
We well, just I mean, don't know. Well, they could drop as low as sixth, I think, given how close the ladder is, and then they might get Richmond, which you'd favour them in that one. But uh, who knows? I mean, that second spot is a funny one. They could get a, a you know a Melbourne or a Brisbane, and then they get whoever finishes fourth, which might be a Pies or might be a Frio. So if they get that kind of run, I'm thinking grand final. We're talking ceilings. That they're they're on track. A uh, lot to like about the Swans. Uh, for the Pies, I mean. Do you, do you pot them too much? I mean, they were due for a you letdown the given streak, the run. You? Yeah, you applaud the streak. And I mean, they went into state. And I don't know if we've mentioned this on air, but look, they did finish 17th last year and got a bottom six fixture. They might have won a few more this year than where they're actually at. And they've won a unfathomably amount, uh, unfathomable amount of close games, uh, even by historical standards. So they probably weren't the second best team on the ladder coming into this round. And we're going to see really where they're at with this end of the year. I mean, we think they could beat the blues. I don't know if they can beat the blues this week. The pies are a team I don't trust at the moment, given what we've seen. Um, They're playing on confidence. What this will do for their confidence will remain to be seen. But uh, yeah, we applaud the streak and maybe it was a reality check they needed. Full credit for winning the games they had and playing the, you only beat who you play. Um, and obviously, we keep calling it the streak. We probably shouldn't because we all know the streak is the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And that <laughs> will never be beaten. So apologies there. Um, but uh, full credit to them. Streak or no streak, going up to Sydney this year and playing the Swans is a tough ask. Weren't up to it. Um, didn't look like they had things going their way. Still hung in and fought. It was only four goals. Um, so I give them, I give them a lot of credit. I give them enough credit to then look at their fixture and go, oh, I think Carlton are going to beat you. Then I think Richmond might beat you in the first final, and it will be straight sets. And then you're going to have a tough draw next year. You, you're going to have a tough draw next yep. year, and then you're going to pay McStay, and Grundy won't be there, and things won't go your way, and you'll miss the eight. And that's how I think Collingwood's next eighteen months will go. I'm on board with that, Seb. I think the, the the larger AFL public are thinking that. Collingwood fans aren't, but I think just just from what we've seen of, of past it's, teams, we're just, just going off what percentage. we've seen in the past. But yeah, their percentage does not hold up historically. It's woeful. It's woeful. It, they've won close games. Last year, they lost all the close games, and that's why they were second last. This year, they've won them all. And Port are the exact opposite. They won all their close games last year, finished top four. Um, had a dis- shocking display in that final. This year, they've lost all their close games. Still better percentage than Collingwood, but they're sitting 11th. Yeah, exactly. Better percentage. Percentage is an underrated indicator, as we know, of where a team's really at. So, yeah. look, it's on the pies. They've surprised us all year. They might continue to surprise us. But, look, it's hard to see. I mean, they, I was going to say, plucky teams going deep, you don't often see. One that jumps out to mind were those Collingwood teams of 02 and 03. They had more stars than the this lineup, but they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't cream of the crop class personified, particularly up against those Brisbane teams. So look, it's it's on the pies to prove us wrong. We're just going on what we know and gut feel as we often do on this show, Seb. But I'm with you. I, I think it's straight sets or just straight out of the finals. Tough year next year. And to be um, fair, I think their ceiling is a North Melbourne of 2014-15. They can, they can get things going their way on their day and get to a prelim. 
<laughs> like that you've got the old 14-15 team in there. That, that's probably fair. Uh, oh, look, prelim might be a stretch for me. I think they can win a final at best. But but they beat Carlton to get into a semi. Yeah, well, that's true, actually. Who are they yeah. playing in the semi? One of Richmond, Frio, the Dogs. Yeah, well, they get a top four loser, so they Brisbane. get what? Yeah, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney. Geelong. No, if they get to the, if they get, um, if they beat Carlton. Oh, sorry, and finish. They're what? they're top four, top so four. they'll get a qualifying and getting to a semi. Yeah, well, yeah, they will get into a semi that way, I guess. But look, if they finish fourth and they're playing the Cats, there's no way that they're winning that game. So yeah. Uh, I Stranger I things have happened. Look, stranger things have happened. I'll I, give them that. But... I, I don't think they will. I just, yeah, they've got themselves into a spot and they've got this, it's almost an unjustified belief at times, but they believe they can win. And even when things are against them, they believe they're going to win. Team that lost to West Coast. Team that was up by 38 points against Geelong in the fourth quarter and lost. So I'm just, I, I'm just saying, I think they, they might... Might surprise, but I don't think they will. Yeah, look, a little bit each way. It's tough. It, a lot of those games in the street could have gone either way. What do you? So they're eleven zip. If they go six and five, what they drop five games and they're sort of in that battling for a spot in the eight region. That's kind of where I have them. Uh, anyway, for this game, uh, what double it'll pass. Be, it'll be double pass. Now I'll give I'll give the Swans a distinction. Probably just for the crowd turning up and the atmosphere, it was made it more enjoyable. I mean, them beating Collingwood was enjoyable, but that just added to it. So I'll go a distinction for that one. Um, look, we've given the Bombers a lot of airtime uh, this episode, and it was all on the back of the performance that they dished up on Sunday night. It was a what 13-goal belting. Uh, I mean, we've sunk the boots into the Bombers, and I'm happy to continue, but we should comment on the power who have sort of slipped into that no man's land bracket this year. They are going with Kenny next year, so you don't get a coach scalp there, Seb, which I know you'll be disappointed about that. Um, Well, I mean, does that further reinforce their no man's land? They're sticking with the plan and just hoping that this year was an aberration. Is that the kind of thing you see in no man's land? No, I think that means they're dropping down further next year with a conscious effort. They're not tanking. They're just going to move some players on that maybe they shouldn't if they wanted the best result in week one next year. Um, but instead of having a new incoming coach cop the start of the downturn, we'll just keep Kenny there, who no one likes anyway, and we'll just let him <laughs> deal with his first year. Not no one likes, but the fans are sick of. Um, but I think that's where their head's at. So, like, yeah, rather than have the, a new coach, could be a first-time coach coming in and, having to then go from the prelim to this year where they find nine, might be 10 games because they're playing Adelaide, to then drop further down and win five. And you go, well, they're going backwards with this guy. Does he really know what he's doing? Because if they're going backwards, they're not going to win five next year and then win 12 the year after. They're going to win five and maybe seven, maybe worse, but they're going to be down there, we would think, for a bit longer. And then this poor coach has had two years with five wins, so he's gone, he's gone 10 and 34. And questions are asked, but he's sort of just followed the direction of the club in a lot of ways. So I think that might be a little bit of the logic behind keeping Kenny um, without knowing what's going on behind the scenes. But I do have my theories when it comes to these coaches. Look, I know you I know you want to scalp, but I, I don't know if they, they keep him on just to, you know, manage the downturn. Or is it basically, I, I just think it's next year, does it, 
is this year an aberration or not? And if well, it is, Robbie Gray's uh, retiring. Is that is that confirmed? My word, it's confirmed. There it is. Oh well, that that's a big loss. I mean, who? When you're saying players moving on, I mean, have they they got some currency? The power would you? Zach Butters had an awesome game. I mean, he's a kind of, you know, Butters, Dersma, Rosie. They're trying to build the club around those blokes. Is there who do you who do you use to supercharge? Because as we've seen with the power, they can beat up on the easy teams. And basically, when Charlie Dixon plays well, which is usually against those teams, uh, you know, they go well. But you know, do they have enough there to sort of find a core and then rebuild on the run? Which is sounding like what they're going to do. Uh, well, probably not. Like, let's 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 be real. Um, I saw Ollie Wines, Brownlow medalist. I think he gets it's missed a lot. Um, Carl Amon's gone. He's he's out the door. That's yep. Which is a loss. That's a loss. I'm willing to say it's a hundred percent confirmed fact. He's gone. Um, yeah. Look, they're sort of heading to no man's land. But I think they're aware of it and will keep going. I don't think they're going to try and top up and go again. Um, if they do, uh, warning signs. It's like from an outsider, it's not going to work. I just they sort of had their shot, and then like Boke was Boke's a year older this year. Robbie Gray's a year older. He just can't get his body right. Um, like Charlie Dixon beats up on the bad teams when they're a good team. If they're an average team or a bad team, he don't beat up on anyone. Yeah, it is the bad team. Like, uh, yeah. Look, Todd Marshall probably Miss Georgiades probably give them a bit more time in the system. They're gonna probably improve to a certain extent. Um, I mean, Phil Mason in the ruck. How long does that experiment last? I don't fully understand it. Um, but yeah, they're they're an old one. The power you probably want to dive right in. They've got talent there, but not enough. And then the older ones move on. So what do we do? Like you never want to go. Yeah, we're going to go full rebuild and start again because that sets your club back doing it. But you also don't want to get caught in no man's land for two years, then do it. So probably exactly. questions we, for the power board. Exactly. You mentioned like top up. I mean, what what would they need even to become a top four team? You know, you, you're talking as every team needs a gun key forward, a gun key back. You know, gun midfielder. They can't bring those kind of players in uh, just in one pre-season. I, I really, I mean, this Richmond, what, bought Caddy, Prestier, and Dan Curvis. They're not stars, I would say, any of them. That did help them in 2017 sort of add to the the class they already had in Dusty, Koch, and Ray Walton, Edwards. But um, it's really hard to do. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it might be a bit of no man. I, I'm fully actually with the power in no in no man's land. So I I, I have no idea what they're going to do this off season and where they're going to steer it. Um, like we've seen this year, I mean they're they're definitely an average side. Uh, they could win ten games in a season. Don't worry about that. But I don't know what it'll take for them to win fifteen and come top four, which is what they'll need to do. Uh, that'll be answered next year. But this game, I mean, they weren't playing much in the Bombers, and we've spoken about them. But it is frustrating that you know that that zero five start. Just they just never recovered from that, uh, and it's put it put their season back. They're chasing their tail the whole year, uh, and and this kind of result almost doesn't matter, does it? That they won by this much because you know it would have been nice to uh, win one of those first five games. That's what mattered in the end. I know they're all worth four points to you, Seb, but uh, this result's almost irrelevant to me. 
Well, yeah, you you can say the result of the game or the outcome, winning and losing, is irrelevant. But and I think it was Tommy Barras who said this. So, you know, like what have you got to play for? And like you're going down to Geelong for your last game. Like what? Like what's going to get you motivated and up? And he said, "What well, was a club? As a playing group, as a club, as a team, we're always trying to improve. And there's always things we can take out of it and do better. And there's learnings and things like that everywhere." I'm paraphrasing that for the record. Um, and that's what the power have done here. Like Robbie Gray's last game in Melbourne, effectively, they've gone out and had a big win, built their confidence up. They're going to play Adelaide in the showdown. Do you think they're going to be up and about for that? My yeah, well, I mean, that, that's are. a nice little finish for them for the year. But, you know, it, look, yeah, it, look, it, it's cultural, you can I call guess. it irrelevant, but if Kenny's staying around, you, you, we're, we won our last two. We had a big win against the Bombers. And we beat Adelaide, a crosstown rival. Like, yeah, we didn't start the way we wanted, but we're going to make sure we come out of the blocks firing and we don't start 0-5 this year and we can play finals. Well, no, true. Well, when I say irrelevant, I mean it had no impact on the larger season as a whole and it really didn't change their position on the ladder this season from that point So we just shouldn't play these games? No, no, just hear me out. I'm saying that, you know, this you, you can build. You can build off these wins. I've seen teams, you know, get this little late season burst and you, it gets the spring in the step in preseason. So, and, you know, there, there's a kid maybe debuting. No game is irrelevant. It's AFL football. This is the highest standard. But I'm just saying in the longer term outlook of the whole year, beating the Bombers in the depths of the season, uh, you know, when the year's done, isn't a result, you know, that you want to set your watch to. You want to win games when the season is on the line and you're you know, fighting tooth and nail for a spot in the finals. You know, easy to do. They're in a position where their season is done. So, you know, you can only play who you play at this point of the year. But I'm just saying... I do take your point. At but... the start of the year, when the games were up for grabs and the season was live, we didn't see them play this sublime coast-to-coast footy that we saw on the weekend. So it's a case of too little too late for me. Yeah, I reckon I reckon it's harsh. We saw them lose to the Lions by eleven points, belted by the Hawks, lost by a kick to the Crows, five goals to the D's, three points to Carlton. That's their early season. They didn't get to play the Bombers until round twenty two. I'm sure they would have loved to open their season with North Melbourne, West Coast Essendon Giants. Yeah. Adelaide Hawthorne. They'd be six and oh flying. It um you still, they've still got something to play for, a bit of pride, a bit of respect, a bit of um, a bit of self-belief. So, yes, result irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, except for really draft position. And it's sort of given Essendon a chance for the Giants to flip them if they don't perform this week, which it increases their pick. Um, but, like, I'm – there's a big part of me that doesn't want North to win this weekend against the Suns because then we will – won't get that number one pick because I just can't see West Coast getting it done against Geelong in Geelong. I, but, I said it last week. You might, you might need. I mean, West Coast worst might get belted his... by enough, so they might even leapfrog well, you based on that. And we 5%. talked about a Kerno Coleman. I mean, I think you mentioned Cameron might not play. Tomahawk might kick eight, and he might win the Coleman as a as a piggyback in the last round, given the West Coast game. But I know what you're saying. You 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 know. The, the draft pick is dangling there and it, it is in your consideration. So that's... I would take the club winning and building some belief off a win late in this year and getting that one extra spot in the top three at, at this point. That That's like, 
I don't really care about how many more high picks we have because we've had quite a few now. I just sort of see us winning and building up some belief. So, um, yeah, Port Adelaide, Essen, and what do you – distinction port, coordinator bombers. Yeah, I think um, – oh, yeah, I'll just – oh, no, I can't go distinction after what I said about the power. So, I'll pass them with, with a 13-goal yeah. win. That sounds harsh, but uh, the bombers are, yeah, not – not flying. I'm trying to be nice to them because I haven't all year. Uh, they're <laughs> so a shambles. You decide to start now. No, yeah, I start now in the last round. No, I'll <laughs> keep sinking the boots in. This is a club in turmoil, and this is what you get on field. So the bombers are off to the coordinator, and yeah, I'm going to pass the power because they yeah. were they were beating a team falling apart. Yeah, it's a coordinator job for the bombers, and the coordinator probably given the old don't come next week, mate. The yeah. year's done. Just the go year's home. Done. Don't worry about that Just last uh, last day of term four. Jeez, massive, massive round, and we get to this final round of the year, Seb, and it is massive. What, what game was... are you looking forward to most? Well, Friday night sticks out. Um, Collingwood Carlton's the other one. Which yeah. one? I, I feel like Friday night might be a great contest, Brisbane Melbourne, but aesthetically won't be great. Carlton Collingwood. Like, you know there's going to be a deliberate insufficient intent out of bounds down one end and it's, they're going to lose it and then it's going to happen down the other end and then they're going to go off and it's just going to be on and on and on. And I don't know what I'd prefer, Collingwood to kick a goal after the siren to break Carlton's hearts or the other way around. Well, or, in, in that or scenario. Or a draw. And they, probably a draw and they come back next week to play each other. That would be the scenario, wouldn't it? Well, that would, I mean, we do get a week to sit on that given the bye week. So, geez, that, that'd bubble around and, and build some press, that one. Um, I mean, if it's an after the siren kick, either way, we win as neutral, Seb, because a pretty uh, full on fan base is going to go away brokenhearted, unfortunately. And as neutrals, particularly Collingwood and Carlton, we probably would enjoy it either way. But look, We've if it's that close to game, that is, you know, season on the line. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, yeah, I'm picking between those two, but I would love a scenario on Sunday as a live ladder purist that the Blues and Doggies are just jumping over each other. I I believe uh, oh, there might not be that much overlap, but it's it's the kind of round where you want all the games on at one time, particularly with these results on the line. Like the Sunday game, should they should have all put them at the same time. I mean, they all have ramifications for each other, and that would have been a sight. Yeah, so real quick on, on two things. We didn't get into the match review lottery where oh, yeah, Ace Cordy's bumped someone, didn't hit him high, couldn't even get sighted off the matrix and then went to the tribunal, got cleared. Great for footy. Uh, poor Paddy Ryder, how he got suspended, we'll never know. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of the... Was it Carlton Collingwood? Yep. Oh, I had a great point to make, Tom. No, well, I mean, the game's on at the same time. Yes, or, the game's yeah. on at the same time. There we go. I'm turning into a real classic old man there. Um, people complained about the Friday night doubleheaders being on at the same time, even though there was an hour and a half delay between them. And now we want them at the same time. Which one is it? Which <laughs> yeah, one true. do people want? I did see that wander up on uh, Twitter at one point. but oh, Make up your mind. Doubleheaders. They're here to stay. It's fickle. I mean... I'm I'm look I, I don't carry the way. Footy's footy. I'll try and watch as many games as I can. Um but I I do think in this last round it do the Seb right round and put them all at the same time. Or if there's this Sunday where these three games are all interrelated, 
you've got an awesome chance. I know, obviously, TV viewing and blah, 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 but wouldn't it be one of the great all-time experiences to have three games going and flick between all three, given what's at stake in this last round? It'd be it'd be one of the grandstand finishes of our game's history, wouldn't it? Results well, yeah, pending, well, of course. Like, we have to get the results for a start. But, I mean, there's an opportunity that it might come down to the last minutes of these three games. Yeah. Almost so, like I say they, three, Dragon and the Saints into it, but really the, the two. Yeah, almost like they used to do it when all the games were 2-10 Saturday. Hey, you, you would have got a record back in the 90s and try and follow, try and follow it ground to ground. It was, it was a great way to grow up watching footy. But look, anyway, it's going to be a great uh, finish to the year. Cracking start on Friday night. And then, geez, it's going to be one of the great final series, I reckon, too. Bit of a bit of variety in terms of who's up there, and right now there's that many scenarios we don't know, and that's what I'm loving. Yep, I'm excited. Um, really, I just want no injuries this week, and so we get into the finals with a relatively clean bill of health, and and there's going to be what is it nine cracking finals, Tom? Can't wait. Yep, cannot wait.